0: A bit dry though, but yeah, I'd like to have something more like Carmen San Diego, but I didn't know. I don't know if they've got a board game, Did they have a board game for that. I've only ever seen a computer game.
1: I mean, I'm assuming at some point they decided because they must, they must yeah.
0: they're still, they're still remaking it. I got that on Nintendo DS, man.
1: Well, Carmen San Diego is back from like the Apple green screen days. Oh, really? You could get it on a floppy, yeah, that's where Jesus. I played it
0: first. <laughs> yeah, I played it first on a Commodore 64.
1: Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. Today we are going to discuss a movie called Vivarium. This movie comes from 2019. Director, uh you'd probably be better at the name than I would, I think, <laughs> Lorcan Finnegan?
0: Yeah, I've got no idea.
1: <laughs> Written by Lorcan Finnegan and Garrett Stanley. It stars Imogen Poots and Jesse Eisenberg, who interestingly also did a movie together called The Art of Self-Defense which I don't know if you've seen. I haven't seen that one. IMDb has this movie tagged as comedy, horror, and mystery. I'm not sure I'd put comedy in there. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I think that they, much like our Buyer's Remorse podcast, were sometimes searching for a third one, but comedy is the first one they put, and I really don't see that. I would disagree with that, yeah. I may laugh a couple times, but it's not... That doesn't make it comedy. <laughs> IMDb rating at 5.8, Rotten Tomato, critics at 72%, audience at 39%, Mm. which I'm not surprised by. The only thing that maybe would surprise me is that the numbers aren't lower. Right. I enjoy the movie. It is incredibly slow. It's one of those movies that's very surreal. Things don't really get explained, but this is one of those unusual times where Justin doesn't mind. Like, I do not mind that they don't explain it because I think anything that they actually tried to explain would just feel terrible.
0: Yeah. By the time I'd finished it, I was like, well, that was a hell of a tightrope to walk along between do we explain it or do we not? And
1: (laughs) See, for me, it does it just right so that I left feeling good. Like, the first time I saw this, I saw it in the cinema. And I think... It's a slightly better experience in the cinema just because of how surrounded by this world you feel in the cinema that you might not get on your computer screen or your TV screen.
0: Yeah, there's a few cool shots, like when he goes up on the roof like and looks out over the town. That, that would be really cool you know, on a big screen for sure.
1: But I think it's just that whole thing of when you're in the cinema, this is all you see. And so that feeling of being trapped, like, it's just mm-hmm. darkness around you, the only brightness in the world is this world which is not real yeah and it's not real on a double layer but we can't really get into that until we get into the spoiler section i recommend this movie but it's a tough one to recommend because i think that a lot of people if i recommended this they would stop listening to my recommendations after this (laughs) if you like jesse eisenberg this is definitely a movie for him and think jesse eisenberg the double or the art of self-defense these kind of weird quirky Indie films—that's mm-hmm. what you're getting. Yeah. And if you like either of those others, then this is definitely worth giving a shot. If I, I'm trying to think of any other parallels to say, like, what would be another movie to say if they like it, this one would also work. If you want something that defies classification and matching another film,
0: yeah, you can't. Yeah, exactly. You can't say like, give this one a shot because it's in the same. You could say it's, it's kind of like a Twilight Zone sci-fi episode for me but it's a, a, an extended one kind of it's got that twilight zone vibe for me
1: and though it's slow i'm not sure that this one i feel could be condensed onto 30 minutes i think that part of what this movie does is make you feel the time mm. and i think that that's important to this movie i think that might be the problem why it's got such a low rating though as well
0: is because i did feel that the movie was set up from very quickly and i knew what was going on and I just felt like a passenger. And the destination was just like, meh. And that's fine. I it think that take, was it, on purpose. It took too long, man. It did. I, I think it could be condensed shorter. Half half the time. But okay, so it could be... 45 minutes. A Black that.
1: Mirror episode. Yeah, thing.
0: yeah, yeah. A good Black Mirror.
1: Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't... Yeah, I wouldn't argue against that. It probably could be. Though, I would argue in this case that probably artistically it was done on purpose i don't think that this is one where they were stretching for time right this isn't like upstream color where we had those long scenes of that guy making music that didn't really <laughs> affect any artistic content man you totally can but that didn't really feel like part of the story whereas everything here at least feels like it's connected in some way i don't feel like i could skip a lot of that stuff and go Oh, yeah, I still know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like You could just shorten a lot of the scenes and make it work. But that's kind of, I think, where we need to leave off, because I'm not sure what else we could say without really giving it away. By it's very odd. It is very original and some very interesting visuals, but very indie, artsy, weird. So if that sounds good to you, go ahead and watch. If you don't care about spoilers or if you've already seen it, well... Let's get into the spoiler section.
0: One thing one thing I was going to say was, uh, when you talk about dragging something out, theres a, I think it was Family Guy that they did a bit where it's like the beginning of the movie, where it's like the production company label comes up, and then, like, okay, the movie's going to start now, and then it's another production company logo, and another one, and another one. I'm pretty sure it was Family Guy or Simpsons, it was something like that, but... My God, there's like, I counted them, there's 13 production company logos at the start
1: of this. There are, but are you surprised with a movie like this that they had difficulty getting <laughs> one <big> sponsor? <laughs> I think, though, there's a lot, but it doesn't feel like a long time, mm-hmm. because they each rush through. None of them have those 30-second animations. Yeah, and that's what the family, other, I think, was going on about. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is
0: the start, of, they actually think it's the start of the movie, but no, it's just another production company logo, animated logo.
1: Well, that's one thing with CinemaSins is usually the the first sin is like a minute and a half of <laughs> right. production companies. This one does it, I think, in less than it's, a minute, it's, yeah, but it's pretty quick. that's pushing through <laughs> with 13 of them. Yeah. I didn't count, but I did notice that when I was yeah. watching last night. I forgot that <laughs> that got buried in all the other information.
0: But it's good that they took the money and they, I liked how indie films Know how to pinch pennies, and it's like this movie has obviously got all the money that it can, and what they've made with it is pretty decent. There's no
1: expense wasted, and nothing looks cheap that isn't cheap on purpose. Yes, right? exactly. Like those clouds
0: <laughs> look weird, <laughs> like, yeah. But
1: that's on purpose. Yeah, yeah. The houses look weird, but that's on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> and this is where I think you know one of the things we'll probably mention a few times through is the pinching pennies mm-hmm. and. Being able to have all the houses look exactly the same saves a lot of time.
0: So it definitely saves a lot of imagination. Yeah, just
1: like, yep, we're done. (laughs) Let's go ahead and get into the story. So we open with shots of a baby bird that is blind and knocks an egg out of the nest. And then another bird knocks, I think, that bird out of the nest. Then there's a mother bird flying in to feed the baby. And then you see it again. And the baby is huge and clearly a different kind of bird. Yeah. And being fed, which I, is
0: it a cuckoo? It's a cuckoo, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. because they make reference to it, but I didn't look it up to see. And my bird knowledge is not the best.
0: Mine's is not good either. But cuckoos, yeah, they they do exactly this. They find a the nest, they'll lay their egg in a certain other bird's nest because it looks the same as their eggs. And it's not until it's hatched and actually develops feathers and stuff, where the mother bird would be like, "Well, you're not mine. It's a parasite, basically." A living parasite that, a living, all parasites are living. It's like a parasite where it just drills its way into someone else's life. Obviously, symbolic for like What's to come. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> we open with our characters. Gemma is teaching kindergarten, telling the kids to be trees, and they're waving, and oh, it's a storm, and mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, she talks to some, I guess, a student's mother or another teacher about wanting to buy a house. There's a girl standing off to the side. She's noticed some dead birds, which could be the very ones that we just saw. Yeah. And ask a lot of very deep questions about why does this happen? Gemma has to respond well. It's nature. And yeah,
0: that's just the way it is. Is what she says. Oh, well, you get wrecked later on with that <laughs> logic.
1: <laughs> Gemma is going to say that it was probably a cuckoo at yeah. this point. The tree starts talking to her. It's Eisenberg. As uh, Tom, who's uh, he's pretending to be a talking tree, but he buries the birds.
0: Yeah, he's like the school gardener or janitor or maintenance man or something like that, is he, I guess?
1: I'm not really sure. I'm assuming he works there, but I'm not really sure. I think the fact that he doesn't have a car would be an indicator that they must mm. both work there. Right. Or else, what, does he go and just stand there all day with a tool belt on? Yeah, it's like... When they made the film, it's like, we need a guy with a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> she asks him to change his shirt before he gets in the car because he stinks. They go to an estate agent with a bunch of models along the wall. The models all are identical. Yep. The estate agent himself is a bit odd. Yes, slightly.
0: I was like, what's up with this estate agent? Is he a robot? First time I saw him.
1: So well, not too far Not too far off, off, yeah. And, <laughs> in the way we're looking at it, he's got... Very slick back, dark hair, white shirt, tie, very bright eyes, and he just seems unnatural. Yeah, very creepy. His name is Martin. At least that's what his name tag says. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to refer to him as Martin. So Martin tries to sell them on Yonder, the new housing development. And as I said before, the model houses all look the same. And we're going to see a lot of this because this is exactly where they're going. Gemma says it's not what they're looking for, but worth a look and as she says that Martin says it at the same time mm-hmm. which is already very creepy yeah. and you'd almost expect them to go away but I think they're kind of desperate. You get that impression right? Yeah,
0: yeah but um, Tom's not really having any of it he's, he's, he's wanting to nope out of there immediately he, like like I would be <laughs> we're not buying ass from this creep
1: They follow him in a montage of driving we see that the company on Martin's car, says Prospect Properties. We're going to see a billboard, which will be interesting mm-hmm. for later with this kind of family. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into the billboard too much because I think it is more interesting when we see it again at the end. I think there's a reason why they did that. Mm-hmm. But they're going to go in and, well, I will say this. Along the way, Gemma and Tom sing together. Yeah. They do a few things throughout this opening to make us realize that Jem and Tom really do like each other. And it's key because when they start to fall apart, you need to know that they actually were together. Too many horror movies don't really develop their characters well. And you're meant to feel sorry for them just because they're human. Yeah. This one doesn't do that. They try to do all these little things to say, hey, we actually are a loving couple. We do like each other, but things will go bad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yonder is all the identical green Houses, not greenhouse, but <laughs> green yeah. houses yeah. that we saw the models for. And as as far as the eye can see, especially the scene you mentioned yeah. before, Martin shows them number nine. This house just kills me right. once you go inside. Inside the main, I think, living room or main hallway, there's a painting of this house.
0: Yeah, every room has a painting of that room in it as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You get to the <laughs> bedroom and there's a painting of the bedroom. Yeah,
0: I thought that was going to come into play later
1: on. If that, if this was a computer game,
0: there'd definitely be a puzzle or a secret behind one of those paintings.
1: I think it just shows the lack of imagination. Right. <laughs> and also the complete lack of understanding mm-hmm. of what we would want for decoration. Right, right. And <laughs> that would have made me want to, uh, as you said, nope out of there <laughs> right away. They are going to go upstairs. They're going to be shown a blue nursery. It's a boy. Where I think Gemma says, well, I guess I've got everything planned already. Not realizing how right she really is. Mm -hmm. When she says that, Martin responds, it's not a starter home. This house is forever. Mm -hmm. Martin asks if they have children. Gemma says, no, not yet. But at the exact same time, Martin is using her voice and her motions.
0: Yeah, that was pretty creepy when I first saw that. I had to rewind and go to listen to it again because I was like, did he use her exact voice? And yeah, it was. It was pretty unnerving, unsettling.
1: He goes to show them the back garden and we watch him just walk away. Mm -hmm. Gemma's peering over the fence, trying to see what the other yard looks like. The why she's bothering, I don't know, because they're all going to look exactly yeah, the same. Yeah. If the front of the houses didn't tell you, they'd all be the same. <laughs> I think there is a possibility maybe she was looking to see if people. I
0: think that's it, because that's the reason she turns around, isn't it? She says, so when are people moving in? And, and there's no one there's
1: there. There's no one there. They try to leave, but they get confused and they can't find the exit. They always seem to pass by number nine again. She, like you said, this yep. is a very Twilight Zone kind of thing to do. Their phones, of course, have no signal. Mm-hmm. Tom smokes. He drops a cigarette. And this is a cool artsy thing of they do that early on in the montage. And then at the end of the montage, you see that it's just ash that's yeah. just burned away. They eventually run out of petrol. And when they do, it's right in front of number nine. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally? Yeah. It's the only one that has lights on. And well, I'm not, I'm not sure how the entities, whatever we want to refer to them, could make sure that they run out of petrol exactly in front of number nine, unless... They're just millions of number nines.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that. It's like, I've got a list of things. No, I didn't actually write a list, but just in my head of things that are unanswered. One is, how did they get into this place? Is it some some kind of simulation? My take is they're aliens, right? I, yeah. I guess. So they're aliens. Did they, did they somehow blanket their... Is this a mothership that they drove into that was camouflaged as a town kind of thing and they, they drove into it? Or is it part of a simulation? Because... They they do, they just seem to be going on endless loops and always arriving at number nine. It doesn't really make any sense, but
1: it is what it is. <laughs> Tired, and with nowhere else to go, they go into the house. They eat the strawberries and drink the champagne, the welcome gift that Martin tried to give them before. They say, there's no taste. Yeah, so
0: again, simulation, simulated food or something like that, I guess.
1: It looks right, but there's no taste, there's no... Reality. To yeah, because
0: yeah, they go on later about how there's no wind, and when they're in the car, there's no smell, but they like to stay in the car because it smells of something, at least, yeah.
1: Even this first night, Gemma refers to the area saying, it's just super silent. Yeah. But there's nothing else to mm. make a sound. She's never heard silence like this before. Mm-hmm. Tom climbs to the roof in the morning, houses as far as the eye can see, mm-hmm. just in every direction, and clouds that look so ridiculously fake. Clouds that look like clouds, yeah. <laughs> they try cutting across the gardens all day, they end up back at number nine. Yeah. Even I like, though I like, they've been going <laughs> the same direction over and over.
0: I like that bit. I wrote down, they they shone off the dead across everyone's back garden, basically.
1: <laughs> There's a box out front that has food and toiletry needs, but the labels are all strange. Yeah, it's like that prospect
0: something, whatever it was, the name of the estate agents but it's again
1: it's it's not even generic it's Mm -hmm. almost as though this would be something you would see in a doll playhouse right on it it'll say peas and has a picture of peas but there's nothing interesting about it there's Mm -hmm. nothing pr marketing style about it yeah they do have different colors and that's about as varied as they get Mm -hmm. it almost seems as though too that most of the stuff is designed to fit in this box easily.
0: Right, yeah. Even, I think it's there's like the like the shrunk wrap shrimp, try saying that ten times fast. There's like six of them exactly in, in, a, in a thing and yeah, just like all these meats and milk and cereal and stuff, all in these like fairly colourful boxes, but yeah nothing to them. Like, yeah, not even like store brand style. Tom decides to burn the house down. Immediately, without taking the food. <laughs> I found that a bit odd. Like, yeah, maybe dump the food in the car first. But I like that. I like how, and again, something like this keeps the movie moving at least a little bit quicker. No hesitation. Just like, we need to get out of here. This place is freaking me out. I'm just going to burn the house down. And he doesn't ask for for permission. He's just like, nope, this is what we're doing. Woof. And nothing happens. Yeah. The house clearly goes on fire. I I was expecting it to come back immediately. Of course I was. Because, again, I had it in my mind. It's a simulation. So I'm guessing when they're sleeping, there's like a reset button and they just boop. Because I'm pretty sure the house was damaged. There was fire coming out of the windows at one point,
1: so it was breaking down. But yeah, I think they just hit the, the refresh button. They sleep outside, they wake up covered in ash, yep. and another box has appeared. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: more food. Nope.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it that way. There's a baby inside mm. with a note printed on the box, raise the child and be released. Mm-hmm. Which is not meant the way it's meant. <laughs>
0: In the alien language, released has a different meaning from Earth.
1: Well, we can (laughs) use it that way too, (laughs) but it's not the one you would immediately jump to, I guess. Yeah, not released from prison. In the haze, number nine appears, and it's like new. Mm -hmm. We're going to fade to black. They do this a few times, and usually when they do that, time has passed. We look down from above, they've spelled out help on the roof. Mm -hmm. But no planes ever come, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. There's now a little boy, uh, about, what, eight, nine? Yeah, I put put down ten. With Martin hair and shirt, (laughs) and he's staring at their bed. So they give him him the finger like any good parent would, (laughs) and he gives it right back. He mimics it right back. He speaks, saying things that they must have said in the past, arguments that they've had. His voice is very weird. He has an almost adult voice. That's weird. The voice part of this kid creeped me out, because... I don't know what they've done, but
0: it's almost like they've recorded speech for other people and then dubbed him.
1: That's my guess. They could have just pitched him lower, but there's just something so different about the voice and so many other things. Because he's
0: got different accents. Definitely when he mimics Gemma or Tom, that's their voice. But he's got this weird farmer voice, like really this really English drawl kind of thing that he's got going on, uh, like Norfolk farmer. And then other other times just kind of regular kid voice. But but his pitch is all up and down. It's just, it,
1: it was really unsettling. He wants to be measured, which is annoying. Normal for
0: Normal for a kid to measure them against the doorpost, but it's only been 98 days. Exactly.
1: And that's one of the brilliant things in here of the reason that you think that they could shrink it down to 45 minutes is they do so many of these tiny moments to tell us what is happening without giving us exposition. So they're not wasting half an hour on exposition. Mm-hmm. They show us it's been 98 days because of the measurement.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, he's growing exponentially fast.
1: Which seems like it'd be a good thing. If it yeah. only took 98 days to get to about 8, 9, 10. Yeah. Well, you've only got like three more months <laughs> in theory until <laughs> it's 18 and out the door. Yeah. He's just, though, this boy is incredibly irritating in every possible way. That scream, man. He mimics a dog running around. He asks a lot of questions, which in a real kid seems fine, but after everything else. Yeah. Plus, so many of the things he asks is like, you don't get it. They've given you this answer before, and you just didn't Mm. get it then, and you still don't get it now. What's a dog? I still don't think that the boy ever understood what a dog actually is. just understands that it runs around and barks. Yeah. Says woof, woof, woof. But they have no pictures to show it. Yeah. Yeah. So what can they do? (laughs) They have no pen even, I think, to draw with unless they, I don't think they gave them a pen. No. Not that we saw.
0: No. They could could smear it on toothpaste on the mirror.
1: (laughs) I guess. (laughs) They get plenty of that. (laughs) Yeah. The screaming though. That screech.
0: I, I was where I was watching it. Everyone had gone to bed, so I was headphones. I got to a point where I was like, "If this kid screams again, I'm going to murder him." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you got to imagine that for most of the 98 days, this is what they've been putting up with. Yeah,
0: yeah. When, you, when they do brush their teeth and stuff like that, I like how they show them these like massive bags under their eyes. They look like absolute hell. It's like, yeah, this is
1: this is hardcore parenting right here. And I do wonder if he's so awful because they don't really care for him or if this is just the way he would be and i kind of suspect that this is just the way he would be yeah i right. think they would have tried being nice early on mm-hmm. it just never worked
0: right right different species entirely of organism so it's like yeah i think i think this is just the natural way of
1: things for for young martin they basically fill up their box with the garbage put it out front and sit Waiting, hoping to see somebody come to take the box. Yeah, and they have a conversation. I think Gemma is saying, "You know, we do this every day, and we never see them." Tom says, "Yeah, you know, we've put notes on the roof for planes that never come by." Yeah, but I think Tom's thing is, and I think this is part of maybe the latter, like you said. Mm. But I think part of giving i the <laughs> <laughs> But I think part of giving him that kind of career is people like that that work with their hands want to be doing something mm-hmm. and he's so stuck in this house with nothing to do right except pseudo take care of this kid which it feels like they've given up on we've got the routine one of us grabs the cereal one of us grabs the milk the kid screams until we until he's satisfied like anything we've got it timed down we do that there are all sorts of analogies and we could say this is symbolism for parenthood and all sorts of things i think this movie opens it up for so much interpretation like that yeah which i think we can kind of get to at the end if you want but for the most part i just want to see the movie as the movie Hmm. and so i think that they've tried and they've kind of given up by this point because the kid is too different he's not a human child yeah and they don't have the resources that a normal parent would have in any way shape or form to yeah, even d- even daycare
0: for a few hours a day. Yeah. Because she does say that to him at one point. It's like, people are not around other people constantly. Like, you need to go to your own bed. You need to sleep on your own. We need time to
1: ourselves. But they don't even have things like toys.
0: Yeah. they got a TV with weird stuff on it. Yeah. yeah. We- the, we- the weird alien cartoons. But yeah, this is where um, it makes sense now how the box disappears. They explain that. Sort of, and yeah. That, yeah, so I mean, I'm mean i guessing that that's what happens when, when they turn away. They're all constantly being monitored, obviously. And so when they're not looking, they swip, swipe the box. And then all of a sudden, like, did you see that? And the box is gone. So Tom, as a loving father does, pings his cigarette at the, <laughs> at the kid.
1: Well, Gemma at this point says, that boy is always watching. Yeah. And Tom says, that's not a boy. Yeah. And this is very much a key conversation that explains their motivations throughout. Gemma will back and forth, think, oh, it's a boy. No, it's not. Mm. It's a boy. No, it's not. But Tom is very consistent. It. Yeah. He refers to the boy as it and never changes, never wavers. Mm -hmm. When Tom does throw that cigarette, Mm -hmm. this is when a patch opens up in the, (laughs) I want to say grass, but it's astroturf. Yeah. And he realizes there's dirt underneath. Mm -hmm. So he starts digging away. And you're going to see him digging a lot. Yeah, he digs. (laughs) He likes digging. The dirt is weird. It has some sort of yellowish. Clayish, kind of plasticky, like
0: plasticine kind of to me.
1: But there's also a weird yellowish color, Mm -hmm. almost as though paint has been mixed in with the dirt. I'm guessing what they were going for was that kind of base you would put under a model or under like a model train set.
0: Uh, Okay, yeah
1: where you have the astroturf with the grass on top and pork underneath, Mm -hmm. something like that. Right. So, it looks like dirt, but it's not really dirt. Right. Gemma wants him to stop, but Tom digs all day. In fact, Tom starts to refuse her help with digging. Yeah. And he just keeps saying, look, let me do it. This is something I can do. Mm -hmm. Like I said, he's somebody who wants to be doing something. And just sitting there with no entertainment, no anything to do, and there's not even anything to fix in the house. He could break it to fix it. That's about all he could do. Yeah, exactly.
0: It definitely gives you a, a, a perspective on keeping a pet in your house after I watched that movie. It's like, Man, I don't know if I want it. another hamster. <laughs> Poor little guy just stuck in there all
1: day. Evening. This is where the boy turns on the TV for the first time. It's just a kaleidoscope of white and black shapes that are moving around.
0: Weird noise coming out of it as well. And this is the other thing that kind of got me is like, does he have some, again, this is not really that important, but it's like, do these aliens have like some innate ability of language where no one's taught him, as far as we know? We do know that he meets other people later on, but no one's taught him how to speak. So it's like, where does he get his language from? Is it natural that he just knows? I'm guessing he knows what's going on because otherwise you wouldn't just be fixated on this weird static mess. Does the cuckoo mimic other birds? I think it only mimics they're i don't know actually Uh, i'm not sure
1: i know that there are birds that mimic others yeah and that is more what i was interpreting here is that it must be that kind of thing it's mimicking but yet in this case it is really the boy is really communicating Mm -hmm. but it's just information and understanding that don't quite connect it understands a bit but not everything Mm -hmm. While he's watching TV for the first time, this is where we see them in the car enjoying a smell. It's not a bad smell. It's just a real smell. Yeah. Gemma realizes that the battery is still okay in the Mm. car. She turns on music. They dance in the headlights. They seem to be having a good time again, showing that these two care about each other. They have one moment of joy and they're going to take it. But then the boy comes in and starts dancing and knocks over Tom.
0: Yeah. Cracks his head on the the curb as well, it looks a bit painful. Tom throws the kid down. He doesn't just throw him down, he body slams that kid. <laughs> he just picks him up and boom, like, yeah, bloody. What's his name? That wrestler. What's his name? The Undertaker style, you know, just PLAM. But the kid is totally fine, just like, yeah, no problem.
1: But Gemma now feels sorry for the kid. Yeah. Gemma is going to again, I didn't mention this earlier, but there was a point where the boy refers to her as mother, and Gemma says, I'm not your mother.
2: Mm-hmm. And she
1: again here is going to deny it. The boy screeches. Gemma just doesn't know what to do at this point. And she's like, come on, what do you need? I already fed you. I already did all this. What are you screeching for? Mm. After that episode, she's going to go into the house. She wants a bit of intimacy, but Tom is just not in the mood. Yeah, Yeah, it's like they're drifting apart. Also,
0: really early on, right about now, maybe, or maybe a little bit before this, I noticed at least that Tom was developing a cough, and I was like, is it because he's digging the hole? I guess, maybe the dust, but he's definitely getting sick
1: as well. Yes. Tom is going to start hearing sound from the bottom of the hole, which just encourages him even more.
0: Yeah, and that's another weird thing as well. Is like, So they reset the house. If I'm, I'm sticking with this maybe simulation theory. If they mm-hmm. reset the house, why are they not resetting the hole? And so I was confused by that at first. Not Not at the end, I totally get it. But that was always interesting to me, like... I don't care that it took 40 minutes to dig a hole, but I wanted to know why. And I think I think it's not explained why, but I get it. But yeah, they could have reset it, I think.
1: I think they could have. Yeah. I also think that the fact that that grass opened up for him mm-hmm. was on purpose. Right. At night, the boy is going to fight with the couple over the TV. They went off. He just keeps stealing it and screeching. Yeah. And they eventually give up. Tom locks the boy in a car, saying if it is important to them kind of in quotes them yeah they'll come for it gemma's are going back to saying it's him we need to let him out what if he starves tom says well if it dies it dies
0: yeah and to be honest when i heard that scream again i was like (laughs) i I wrote this down i said when are they going to kill this kid i thought that was going to be part of the movie was they did actually do something terrible you know they yeah. could have gone that way. but I was, on, I was on Team Tom, and for this part, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my parenting instincts did not kick in
1: with this kid at all. And I think that's on purpose. I think we're not supposed to like yeah, the kid. Yeah. And they've done a great job of making the kid irritating. Well, yeah, him. they certainly have. But Gemma feels sorry for the boy, so she runs out and rescues him. Yep. There's a point then where she takes him into bed. She kind of tucks him in, tells him to try to dream. The boy mm. says, well, I've never dreamed. Well, try. Close your <laughs> eyes and try. Tom ends up sleeping in the hole that night. Yep. The hole is so deep by this point that he does need that ladder to get in and out. <laughs> Gemma and the boy lay in kind of a sweet moment of laying in the astroturf in the back garden, looking at the clouds. And this is where she says the line you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier yeah. about the clouds look like clouds. Yep. But where I come from, clouds have different shapes.
0: Look like faces and dogs.
1: Oh, dogs. Woof, woof, woof. Woof, woof. Oh. <laughs> no, not again. <laughs> So they both howl, I guess, just Gemma wants something to do.
0: She loses the plot, man, at this point, I think. Yeah, she just breaks. But by this point now, yeah, there's full separation, yeah. Tom and Gemma are now sleeping in different places. Yeah, he's sleeping in the hole.
1: They're not brushing brushing their teeth teeth together together
0: anymore, which was that kind of routine that they had before.
1: There comes a point where, I think the next day, Gemma doesn't know where the boy is. Tom's looking... Well, Tom is just digging. He's looking for something, anything. He doesn't care. So... Gemma runs off looking for him. She can't find him. Is this a time where there's kind of a fog or something? Yeah. And then when she finally comes back to number nine again, who knows how many times she came back to number mm. nine, the boy just is standing there.
0: Yeah. The part before that, that was exactly where that line was. She says to Tom, she says, the boy's gone missing. And he's like, yeah, so have we. I really like that line because you taken it for granted so far in this movie. It's okay. It's a sci-fi. with their in some weird alien prison or whatever, raising an alien child. Yeah, but they've actually vanished on the outside world. They're, they are missing as well. You know, it kind of humanizes them a bit more. Also, the shot of the town, did you not think, when you get to see the top-down parts, because there's another top-down part around about here as well, the game Hidden Folks?
1: <laughs> I didn't think of it, but I can see why you would. So, yeah. The, the... There's not enough interesting stuff to be Hidden Folks
0: yeah exactly certainly not folks has a million going, things going on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so the boy comes back and he's got a book
1: though so in a, in a way, in the hidden folks the fact that all the sounds are made by one person, yeah yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> does kind of fit this yeah. motif there was one thing I noticed though with this part though, and I thought
0: it was gonna play into like maybe them escaping or something like that. If you notice when she's walking down the street, she walks and then she does a one eighty to look behind her and then faces front again, and that's when the boy appears. It's almost like, intentionally, I thought it was going to be like a thing where if you don't look at it, you'll be able to navigate your way out or something. You know, I thought that was the kind of rule. It might have been something that they'd thought of, and maybe they just ditched, but they kept a few bits in. But I think there's this thing of when you don't look at it, it's there, but when you look at it, it's gone kind of thing, you know? There's definitely a point where she spins on her heels, and the boy appears it's like, ah, but it just never came
1: to fruition. He has a book, and when she looks in the book, It's full of what looks like an alien language. Yeah, it's like
0: the Voynich manuscript, yeah.
1: She asks the boy about where did he get it, and the boy... I don't know if that's the question that got the answer, but basically she gets out of him that he met somebody, but he doesn't want to say who it was. It's It's a a secret, secret, yeah. So she tricks him by getting him to play a mimic game. Mm -hmm. Oh, pretend to be me. Pretend to be Tom. Can I be be a dog? (laughs) Sure, be a dog. Now be the person you met today. Mm and like bulging neck sacks and screeching and hunched, hunched over. over
0: like a frog kind of thing almost yeah,
1: yeah which that was really like, freaks her out
0: that was freaked me out as well <laughs> i think just yeah time passes because he's like are you what was his sister are you not not stressed but he says like are you upset or
1: like, are you yeah there's some particular some words, phrase it's a we-
0: again it's a weird phrase to use it's like doesn't fit well, but he's like, are you this? And then the next day, instead of writing help on the roof, they've written, f*** you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, but th- that's after the big, like, fade to black again, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: But only four letters. It's like, were well, they limited to four characters on the roof? They didn't even spell
1: shh. Right. Well, maybe they didn't... Have enough white things to put up there? Or... I think they just converted whatever was help into that, and they didn't want to do any extra work. <laughs> they didn't want to put the C in. But yeah, this is where the kid is now. Well, but... Okay, just before that, though, is the part where I wanted to say this. Mm -hmm. When Gemma was lost in the fog, Ah. she shouts for Tom. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Tom responds. responds. So I don't want us to forget there is that scene of them being lost from each other and trying to find each other. Mm -hmm. I think that that's very important to keeping these characters as being... Despite how far away they are emotionally, they still need each other. Mm -hmm. And they still in many ways, I think, want to be with each other. They just don't know how in this messed up situation. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, now we are going to fade to black. We are going to have the message change on the roof. We're going to get to what the credits refer to as the older boy.
0: All oh, right. Is that what they called him? Right. Yeah.
1: So, he's clearly a man. Yeah. He's
0: 20. I'd say 20. So, I'm imagining double the time has passed. So, this is probably day 200, I'd say.
1: Tom is getting sicker. Gemma asks for help. The older boy says, maybe it's time he's released. Mm -hmm. Which again, we're hoping it means that's him getting out. But we know from watching it that that is not what they mean. They have not been sleeping in the house. I think they've been sleeping in the car. Yeah. The older boy has locked them out and is watching that TV again. She holds Tom as he smokes. Tom waxes nostalgic about, remember wind? Real wind? What that was like? And then their first meeting. Where he kind of passed out drunk, woke up at her place and she said, do you want scrambled eggs? And he said, that made me feel like home. Mm-hmm. I'm always at home with you. Like I'm even now, I'm at home because you are home to me, which is a very powerful statement. It's a very powerful message. Yeah. And then he dies. The older boy returns with a box and inside is a body bag yeah. with a window for the face. Of course. Cause <laughs> why not? It gets vacuum sealed. Yep. And then he throws it in the hole. Now, something we have skipped over Mm -hmm. is that roughly just before this point, Tom had been very scared by something he found in the hole, which was essentially a body bag. Yeah. Which tells me that this has been done before. Mm -hmm. And that maybe there's always somebody digging here. Right. And that isn't solidified until this moment, until you see Tom thrown in the hole that Really makes that hit home. Oh, yeah, this has happened before. Other people have done this. Yeah. Or at this point, it could be the type of thing where we, we're not sure if time is repeating itself over and over again.
0: Yeah, I was considering that as it like some kind of time loop thing, but no, it's not. I don't think so.
1: No. And luckily, I think they've given us enough information to realize that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Because that wouldn't have quite worked for me. Me neither. But the fact that they've somehow found a system to make the humans do what they want every time
2: mm-hmm.
1: is almost creepier. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, though, Tom has dug his own grave. Yeah. Gemma is, I think, sleeping in the car, and the older boy comes out. She has, like, a pickaxe, sure. she hits yeah. him with it. Yeah. It scuttles away. Making weird hissing noises and stuff. On all fours. Yeah. Lifts the sidewalk, goes inside. Inside, we can see, because Gemma looks... It's like the inside of number nine, but warped and weird. It's like an Escher version of number nine. She goes in and we're going to see various other couples, various other boys and various other things. That is very well done, this montage of... Because yeah, this is only like 10, 15 minutes remaining of the
0: movie in this
1: like... But here's the big reveal. Yeah. Green filter. There's a woman crying at the table. The floor sucks Gemma in. And now, well, actually, I think that one was red. I think it's red where she's crying. It's green where there's a couple having sex. Yeah. And then blue. And and an old boy clapping. There's there's a purple part, or maybe blue, depending, Mm. where she exits the shower and sees a dead man in the tub. Yes. So in that couple, the man was still released, but in a different way, I guess. Yeah. Then she's going to appear back into number nine. We know because she goes outside and the hole is there mm-hmm. and their car is there. Yeah, so even though we think she's
0: escaping or something, or, or making some, some progress, it's like, ah oh, man, she just arrives
1: right back at where she started. There's a voiceover, and I was a bit confused by this even the second time. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's Gemma asking these questions, but at first I thought it was the boy. Okay. But the questions I asked are, what am I? Mm-hmm. You're a mother. So that's going toward Gemma. Yeah. The boy height marks are being painted over. He's doing stuff to fix the car to get it ready, like putting petrol in it and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I don't understand that either. If it is a simulation, then why can't they just reset the house? Like, Why does he ha- actually have to
1: physically paint the wall again? Just this kind of leads me to think that it's, it's not, but it is because the hole, he has to fill it in. But once he fills it in, then it can cover itself. Yeah, I'm not sure what the rules are. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm not sure that they thought that through either. I'm I think just they just up as they go along. <laughs> wanted to give us the idea that everything is going to start again. Yeah, and it needs to start fresh. The voiceover says, "A mother prepares a son for the world and then dies. Mm-hmm. That's the mother's job, according to this alien race, these entities, whatever yeah. they are. She dies. The older boy puts her in a body bag and throws oh. her in with Tom. And like I said, fills it up. It covers itself then." Once the dirt is in, then it can cover Congrats, itself.
0: back, yeah. She gets her final line as well, though, when he's, like, zipping her up. And she's like, I've got something else to tell you. <laughs> and he unzips her. What, what is it? Yeah. I'm not your mother. <laughs> to which the
1: boy responds, whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. But then again, he's just mimicking her again, isn't he? Yeah. Whatever.
1: He drives off. And here where we get to see the billboard again. Mm. Here is number nine on the billboard. Mm-hmm. And also the family. There's something that seems weird about this family. Okay. And maybe not. I don't know. It just feels like one of those photo shoots where they wanted it for the ad, but the three don't look like a family. Mm-hmm. They okay. look like they were picked. Right. But that's kind of just me. That would fit in with the
0: movie, though. Exactly. Yeah. If that's what so, we I were think going if they for.
1: wanted to go for that, they should have gone just a little bit further. Right. And had it so it was really obvious that these three don't go together i think that this could be a family there's a million ways this mm. family could be this way but there's just something about it something to just fake about it something that feels fake about it yeah but maybe this is me adding to it all the so many fake billboards i've seen in my right, life and right. fake ads like this that like that just seems a bit weird and maybe it's because it's coming after all of this because I certainly didn't notice it the first time going in and I didn't even really think about it the first time I watched coming out it's only the second time where I'm going are they trying to say that that family doesn't seem quite real Mm -hmm. or is really the focus just that it's meant to be number nine just that ooh, we're staying in our house and we look so happy and I don't know we're like Tossing the kid around and everything about that picture just looks so foamy. <laughs> but again, that could just be me projecting onto that one. But I think the fact that it's number nine is important. Yeah, definitely.
0: And it's also marks the entrance or exit from this place that they couldn't find on their own
1: the, the first time. At the estate agents, Martin is now old. Yeah, the circle of life continues. He gives the Martin name tag to the boy and dies. New Martin basically pulls a body bag out of the filing cabinet throws old Martin in it, shoves him into like another cabinet.
0: But then folds him up like really compactly and you hear all the bones kind of crunch. He's like super brittle. He packs him into I don't, I'm not going to say a lunchbox, but it's like yeah, like a small suitcase size. Yeah. And then puts him into another filing cabinet. But not before doing one of the weirdest things, which is stapling a receipt onto it. Yes. Which I paused and I took, tried to read as much of it as I could. Did you have a, look, a good look at that receipt? now?
1: No. The receipt the fact that it was there was enough yeah. for
0: me to go, well, that's weird. I was like, yeah, it's like number 8899. So this has maybe been done, like you said, this is something that's happening over and over and over again. So 8,899 times, I'm guessing, through this like timeline of these Martins, which is also the name of another bird, by the way, as well. Yeah, so that's maybe interesting. Yeah, so it's like eight nine eight eight nine nine, and then there's a bunch of like his name, his company, and then there's like I couldn't really see it, it's blurred, but it's like day blah blah blah, day blah blah blah. I think that's how many days they've lasted. What it seems to be, it seems to be getting longer. So that kind of tells me that this cycle they're trying to perfect something, and so it's part natural way like the cuckoo giving getting into a nest and being raised. But I think it's also part experiment as well for these alien creatures to prolong their lifespan maybe
1: i could see that new martin our boy sits mm-hmm. at the desk with a weird smile and blank stare as he waits for a couple to walk in they do end a movie
0: and then a really good song at the end like that the xtc song at the end is so on point because that song is bizarre as it is and unsettling
1: but yeah that was a good, that was a great song to end with so you're going with the idea that it's kind of a holodeck, a simulation kind matrix, of... but physical?
0: Yeah, because I've never really understood the holodeck because it's kind of like that other movie where it's like this, this shopping center that's on multiple floors and like, you'd
1: be bumping into things. It's Valerian not... and a Thousand yeah. Planets. This is something that he and I have <laughs> laughed about before. That scene in particular just irritates me to no end. Yeah, so it's like I never really understood the
0: holodeck in Star Trek because you would surely be bumping into things. You can't walk around New York City. On the holodeck. So I'm not professing to know how this works. But yeah, I'm guessing
1: that it's some kind of physical yet not real simulation. And I think that that's possible. I think that it's a much more physical one. Mm -hmm. I suspect Tom was not meant to find that body, that it was just there, that it was left there and they didn't think about it. I think that they have a way of warping reality that is something we don't quite understand. yeah. through their tech so it's definitely a simulation but i think that it is a physical Mm -hmm. simulation and i think that there are my filling in the gaps here would be like just saying their technology can do a lot like it can fill over the astroturf but it can't fill the hole back up Mm -hmm. and possibly if it did you know just cover the astroturf there would just still be that hole there you
0: step on it and fall through yeah
1: yeah so i think that that's part of it i'm going with its aliens
0: i'm going with its aliens yep Insert that that guy with the crazy hair. Uh, it's definitely aliens. <laughs> yeah, it's aliens. Yeah, I just I just want to know how they got on, how they got off. What is it? Is it a mothership? Is it a camouflage ship? What was that transition? You know, that little borderline where they got into it.
1: I know what you mean. I do think, though, this is one of those times where it's better left unsaid. I think if they tried to explain it all... You'd just be
0: like, "Ah, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It'd be one of those moments where... Whatever they would give it wouldn't live up to what they've developed. Mm -hmm. I think what's more important is the purpose. I don't think in this case that the aliens are trying to take over. No, I don't think so either. I think this is a situation where they need us for some reason to raise the children. But I don't understand why. It's not like Gemma gave birth to this kid. No. So they come from somewhere else. I don't understand why they need us. Because they don't really, once the boy got the book, he was learning everything he needed to know from his own people.
0: I mean, feeding and stuff. I mean, I guess it just goes back to why does the cuckoo need to leave its its egg in another bird's nest, you know? There's no such thing as a cuckoo mother, basically. They lay an egg and then they bugger off. And then there, some other bird raises their child.
1: Right, and feeds them, but... And then I think... They're getting the food from the other race. That's why I don't understand what it needs to be. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think... It is what it is. You know, it's like what you said right at the beginning of the movie. That's just nature.
1: If I was to fill it in, though, I would say that the alien race is desperately trying to learn about humanity, but in the worst way possible. (laughs) And also, it just... No matter how many times they do it, they're not getting any further with really understanding. Mm -hmm. Because of the way the boy is, it just seems like he doesn't get it still. And he's still awkward, and he still doesn't seem to quite be able to communicate.
0: Yeah. And it would never, was- you'd think it would never
1: end either. It's like it's a blank slate every time with a
0: new a new kid. What makes you think that suddenly there's going to be the one kid that gets it? Maybe maybe it would. Yeah, I just see it as a natural thing, just like what they said in the film. Because when I got to the end, I was like, oh, this could be, in a way, like what you said earlier, is you could Sling in any metaphor you wanted. This is a metaphor for real parenting, where the kid grows up and then you know the parents pour all their love and attention into into the kid, and then the kid essentially locks them out of their own home and just leaves them to die while he goes on and fulfills his purpose. You know, the father literally works himself to death, digs his own grave because it's what he can do. I mean, it's everything's telegraphed quite clearly, but this is one of the few movies where I was like, nah. I don't think it, it's meaning to be deep or meaningful or not on that level. It's a movie that's got a weird Twilight zone idea, and they're not out to explain anything, really. It's just like, just go and get a bit weirded out. To Go go see the movie get a bit weirded out, and that's it.
1: And I think that this is one of those where we'll leave the interpretation up to you. Mm-hmm. And for this one, for whatever reason, like you said, it, it walks that tightrope, but it doesn't in a way that, for me, works. Most other movies like this fail... Because they fall either too artsy, too preachy, or there's too much exposition trying to explain everything so that it gets in the way of that message. Mm -hmm. This one just found that balance. It is a bit slow. It could be shorter. They could put a bit more interesting stuff in it. But as far as being an indie film that was done on, I'm assuming, a low budget, having so few characters and few sets... It does a lot of interesting things with its filmmaking, with its storytelling, with its visuals that make it for me worth watching. Gaps filled and more gaps
2: created.